Hello, queen. You have a story to tell, and I want to help you tell it. Why? Because you matter. You are enough. You are loved, and you are worth it. I'm Tonya, best-selling author, coach, speaker, and realtor. We are all born, and ultimately, we will all eventually expire. And those are two dates that we have no control over. But that dash in the middle is ours to own. Up until a certain point in our lives, most of our story is written for us and colored by our experiences, the opinion of others, and our viewpoint of ourselves, or lack thereof. But when we get a glimpse of who God actually created us to be, we no longer settle for less than his best for us. We don't just go through the motions or casually spend our time. Life becomes more intentional, focused, and we show up fully present, unapologetically and authentically as ourselves. We start to write our own story from that point forward, positively impacting those around us and ensuring that we make our dash of life count. The journey of you is just that. It's your journey to purpose and how you are making your dash of life account. Being equipped to know who you are in Christ, empowered to embrace just being you, and encouraged to know that God's got you and you can walk in the plans he has for you. Here's your host, Tonya D. Bennis. Welcome, Journey of You family, to today's podcast. I'm so excited that we're going to be speaking with Renee Day today, and I cannot wait for you to hear more about her story and get to know a little bit more about her. So with that, I'm going to hand it over to Renee so she can introduce herself. Hi, good afternoon, everyone. Again, my name is Renee Day. I am a, I'm a mother of three, wife. Um, we've been married for over 20 years. Um, I've been working in social services for over 20 years, um, everything from emergency shelters with children to um, working with the developmental disabled adults um, to um, geriatric population. And um, thank you for having me this afternoon. Definitely, definitely. So 20 years in social services. Clearly, you must have a love for that. Have you always known that that's what you wanted to do? No, not not necessarily. Um, when I first went off to college, um, yeah, many, many, many moons ago, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I actually was um, considering dentistry. If if you know, yeah, that's that's quite a big gap there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I um, did settle on. Um, I did come to realize that really what I, I love to do was working with people. So I got a master's and I got a bachelor's in psychology, and I got a master's of clinical counseling. Okay, okay, and so then how how did you know? in there that, you know, dentistry was originally what you wanted. How did that switch? Knowing that you wanted to work with people, how did you land um, in social services? Um, well, when I was, um, when I was young, I was, I was raised by my mother. She was a single mother, my mother and my grandmother. And um, probably, probably, I guess, right, right around five, maybe five or six years old, my mother married. And um, my childhood wasn't always the greatest. Now, my mother was absolutely wonderful. My grandmother was wonderful. 
Um, I had a very good support system, um, but my stepfather was abusive. Um, and I am a, I like to, a lot of people used to the term victim, but I'm not a victim. I'm a survivor. I'm a survivor of incest, sexual abuse. And, um, and when everything kind of, I would say, came to a culmination, when I was in junior high school, he was arrested. My, um, my family, my mother, my grandmother rallied around me. I had the utmost of support and care um, that was a turning point that, you know, sometimes you, we say you look back and you see the, you see the footprints, um, you might not necessarily know what direction you're going in, but once you start on that journey, you look back and you can kind of see, you can see the footprints. Um, so when I was going off to college and thinking about dentistry, um, it just kind of, it wasn't there, the desire wasn't there. What was there was there are a lot of people that are hurting. There are a lot of young women that are hurting that didn't necessarily receive the same support that I did. They didn't, they didn't get that, um, that love and that care. Um, they didn't feel safe. And it became more apparent that that's what I needed to do, that I was given a gift. A lot of people would say, well, you know, man, to be, you know, to spend your childhood, you know, going through something like that, how could you, how could you declare that a blessing? But we have to remember that we have to give thanks in all things, not just some things, but all things, not just the things that we are happy about the things that we find joy in, but in all things. And I never had the attitude of why me? Um, my attitude was more of if, if man can do what they did to Jesus, if they could beat him and brutalize him, and kill him, then what makes my flesh sacred? Um, so I decided to use that, to take that and to provide some help for those young ladies that did have a difficult time with what they had gone through or what they were going through and to help them to understand that their worth was not based upon what had happened to them. Their worth was not based upon what someone had done to them, but their worth was based solely upon what the Lord has said about them. And that is just a part of your life, but not your entirety of your life. Amen, amen, that is so true. And thank you so much for sharing. For the women that are listening, right now that maybe they're currently experiencing that right now mm -hmm. or similar to you have gone through it in their past but they haven't had a chance to heal and go from victim to survivor what would you say to encourage them even right now in this moment 
stop hiding. Don't hide. Don't hide yourself. Don't hide what happened to you. Um, don't hide. It's in the hiding and in the secrecy that continues to victimize you. That's what's stopping you from moving forward. That's what's stopping you from actually being able to forgive. We, I'm not talking about forgetting. This is not something that you're ever going to forget. And it's not something that you're going to just be miraculously healed of to never think of again and never feel anything about it again. But what happens is when you stop hiding and you start speaking your truth, and, and I know we say that a lot and it's almost become cliche-ish, but, but really not just telling others, but telling yourself then you can start to move forward because then you give yourself permission to discuss it and talk about it. You know, a lot of people ask me, how can you so easily say what has happened to you or what, 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 what happened to you? How can you just, you know, just mention it so easily? And I always say, well, simply didn't it happen? Okay, if your car got stolen tomorrow, would you have a problem telling people that your car got stolen? Or, 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 if, or if you were mugged and someone stole your purse, um, do we have a problem talking about identity theft? You know, it, it is the stigma and it is the secrecy that has allowed this to continue. And it is the stigma, the secrecy and the hiding that continues to keep you in the bondage of this thing that happened to you or is currently happening to you. That's what's holding you there. It is nothing that you have done to deserve what is happening to you. That is not in my God's character. My God does not do that. We have to separate what's God and what's evil. Yes. And we have to understand that that God can use everything for his purpose. I don't wallow in what happened to me. It did. It happened. I was a child. Was it awful? Yes, it was awful. Was it designed to destroy me? Yes, it was designed to destroy me because you have to understand this thing. That abuse is designed to break you. That is what the devil wants. He wants you destroyed. He wants you to lose faith. He wants to keep you from reaching your full potential. He wants to keep you from finding and understanding your purpose. And that is the part that you, that in, in, in hiding, that's what you're doing. Stop hiding, talk about it. Tell someone, utter the words for the first time and watch it free you. And then you can begin to unpack all of the other things around it, whether you were supported or whether you weren't, whether the first person you told believed you or whether they didn't. Then you can, be, then you can free yourself to discuss those things and how this has hurt you and what damage it has caused. It's just like anything else that has been 
broken. You have to begin to look at the pieces and say, okay, it is broken, but we've got to put it back together. We've got to rebuild. And I promise you, if you stop hiding and you allow God, if you allow God to build, he will make you better than what you ever thought you could be. I love that. I love that. And you mentioned several different obstacles in there. Um, one with the hiding and you know keeping it hidden. And so that makes it even harder, just that secrecy. And then taking the opportunity to actually talk about it, even talking to yourself and then talking to someone else. There are several steps in there. And so even thinking just about your experience, like what gave you that courage or how did you overcome that first obstacle of just telling someone so that you could begin to move forward? It was a, it, it was actually a specific day. It was a, it was a specific instance where, um, where one of those incidents occurred where he had abused me and I actually went into um, my bathroom at home and I had a, I had a razor blade and I was, I was done. I was done. And at this time I was probably about 10 years old. I was about 10 going. Yeah, I was 10 and I was getting ready to be 11 in a couple of months, but I was done. And I had that razor blade and I was, I was, I was making little cuts on my fingers just to see how it would feel. And I looked out the window and I did, I cried to God and I said, Lord, I said, if this is not what I'm supposed to do, please help me. I said, please help me. Cause I don't know what else to do. I, I can't, I can't keep doing this. This is not right. And when I say instantly, instantly, it just, it stopped. Instantly, I no longer had the desire to want to kill myself. Instantly. And I put that razor blade out and I wiped my tears and I came out of that bathroom. And the next day I went to school and I had a best friend at the time. And I told her what had been happening to me because she, we, we had known each other since elementary school. So she knew, um, she had known me for years by this time, because we was in junior high school now. And, um, I told her and she hugged me and we cried together. And she said, you know, she said, my uncle used to touch me. And that's the other thing. You don't realize how many people have a similar story or situation or experiencing some of the same things. We're never alone, even though the enemy must, wants to make us feel like we're alone. But I told her, and after we left out of that bathroom, I didn't know it, but she did. She went and told um, our teacher which was my homeroom teacher. And she was absolutely wonderful. And this was during the time where they had instituted mandated reporting. 
So she had told my homeroom teacher. And the next day when I came into school, I had no idea. I was in the classroom and my teacher took me out in the hallway and she said, what's getting ready to happen is going to be very scary. And she said, and you're gonna be scared. She says, but I am here for you. And she said, and this is what you have to do. And she said, I want you to be courageous. She says, but I'm not gonna lie to you. This is going to be scary. She says, but you have started to do the right thing and I want you to continue to do the right thing. And a few minutes later, the, uh, while we were standing in the hallway, the assistant principal and the principal walked up and they asked me to come to the office with them. And I went downstairs with them and I knew, I, I knew. And the first feeling I had as, as, and I can remember clearly the first figure, feeling I had was a little bit of anger mm -hmm. because she had told my secret. Mm -hmm. But then the next overwhelming feeling that washed that anger away was relief, was relief. And when I walked into the office, there were two detectives in plain clothes and two uniformed officers. And they sat me down and they said, let's have a talk. And I told them everything. Um, I told them when it started. I told them everything. At that moment, God gave me the courage as he continues to give me courage every day to talk explicitly about what happened, when it happened, how it happened, because that was just the first, that was just the first point, because then I had to, of course, talk to the grand jury I had to talk to many other um, law enforcement officers and I had to go to court and talk in front of a courtroom and tell everybody what had been happening to me. There are many steps in the process, but the first step is realizing that this is not supposed to be happening. This is not supposed to be happening. This is wrong. And what am I going to do? Am I going to allow this to continue to happen? Or am I going to speak up? Am I going to make this my whole narrative? Or I'm going to change the narrative? And I and I and I hope that I hope that that finds someone to let them know that it was just that one step. It was just that one step, the very first one. And I know it can appear that the first step was, you know, when I told my best friend in that bathroom at that middle school, but that wasn't the first step. The first step was when I was in that bathroom and I cried out to God and I said, Lord God, I, I can't do this anymore. I need, I need your help. That was the first step. We've got to cry out to the one who gives us life. And then he will, 
help you and guide you along the path to continue on that journey to get yourself in a safe place. Not just in a safe place physically from what has been happening to you, whether it is sexual abuse, physical abuse, mental, emotional, not just getting yourself away from that person that is causing the injury, but getting you to a safe place within yourself spiritually and emotionally and mentally and furthering your relationship with your creator, your God. Absolutely, absolutely. And let's talk about that a little bit more too, because you mentioned spiritually, emotionally, mentally, like what steps have you taken even since then? Like, I know you talked about having to talk in court, you know, telling your story over and over again. How did you get the help that you needed, like on the mental and emotional side? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, well, my mother, my grandmother, um, they were very instrumental. Um, they believed me from the very beginning. It was never any doubt. Um, and my mother um, said, okay, we've got a couple things we need to do. And she said, the one thing we need to do is we need counseling and she put that in place and she said and we need God we need God more than we need anything else and and she said so um prior to that I wasn't really active in church we would go to church but that was that we was going to church Mm -hmm. um but she she made sure that we became active in church um, and explained that just going every Sunday, that's one thing, but actually participating, actually um, being a part of that community, that is what helps you in furthering your faith, uh, your works. Um, and I did that. Um, I joined the choir, um, not my strong gift, (laughs) (laughs) that's one of them, God's grace, (laughs) (laughs) it helped because I was a child, so they just said, okay, (laughs) let's just let her do it, (laughs) um, but I did. I joined the choir and um, became, you know, part of, you know, you know, the youth ministry and my counseling, um, individual counseling um, with the child psychologist was was very um, instrumental in helping me to, you know, understand certain certain things um, about myself and about what happened and about the the foundation and the systematic arrangement of abuse um how it starts what are the signs those things um and all of those things were 
very instrumental in helping me as far as when I made that switch from, I'm not majoring in pre-med and going to dentistry. I'm getting ready to get this degree in psychology because my very first job was working with, um, with young women who had been sexually abused. And that, um, those things that helped me mentally and emotionally and even spiritually is also what helped me to be able to work with those young ladies and be able to talk with them and help them to understand what was going on with them and what was happening and how it was happening. But it was the combination of the two, um, the, the counseling um, and the therapy. Um, it also included my mother um, and in, in the church. Um, not, and I know some people say, oh, but some churches. And yes, yeah, that is, yes, some churches. <laughs> but um, that's another thing you have to evaluate if mm -hmm. you're in the right church, um, the right church for you yeah. and your life and what you need. And even then realizing that the building is the building. The people are the people, but you're not there for none of that. Yeah. You're there to worship God and you're there to have and further your relationship with him, your personal relationship with him. And um, also, I do believe that um, and I know that God gives us our individual gifts and talents, but God allowed me to see very early on that it wasn't just my hurt and my pain. Um, he allowed me to see very early on how this hurt and pain that I was going through was, was double for my mother and what she had to go through and what she had to deal with being my mother and being married to the man which caused all of this chaos and confusion and evil. Um, now, my mother and I are the best of friends. Um, my mother always says to me, you know, um, you're my daughter, but you've grown up to be my sister. Mm -hmm. um, so we are the best of friends, but we, we had to, we had to with that. And when we were in therapy and talking, my therapist was very good because she was like, yes, you are the mother. Yes, Renee, you are the child. But in this room, because of what has happened, you are two women who are hurting and who have been hurt by the same man. So we're going to deal with that as well. So it also it allowed me to see my mother as a woman that was hurting, just as I was hurting. And more so because not only had he hurt her, but he had hurt me as well. Mm -hmm. 
Dude, that is huge. I can only imagine what that experience was like. And it sounds like you had a really good therapist that was able to really hone in on the fact that you were two women that were both hurting, even though that with the relationship of mother and daughter, I think that she really hit the nail on the head with that. Um, so it could give you that understanding of one another. Um, and so for all the women that are listening right now that may have experienced that or again are going through it right now, I would love if you could just pray over them for them to be able to cry out to God, just like you did, and take that first step of several steps that may be hard, but definitely worth it. Um, if you could just cover them in prayer right now, I'd greatly appreciate it. Sure, sure. Heavenly Father, Lord God, thank you for today, Lord God. Thank you for the blessing. Thank you for the grace and the mercy that you've imparted upon us, Lord God. Thank you for allowing us to see a day that we've never seen before, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for encamping your angels around us, Lord God. For us to be safe and secure in you. Lord God, I ask that you provide a hedge of protection around all of those that are listening, Lord God against both things seen and unseen, Lord God, in all dangers. Lord God, I ask that you touch their souls, Lord God, touch their spirits, cover them from the tops of their heads to the soles of their feet, Lord God. Let them know and understand that they were created in your image, Lord God, that they are yours, Lord God, and that anything, anything that they're dealing with, anything that is going on in their lives, Lord God, that they have a safe space in you, Lord God, that they can cry out to you and you will run instantly, Lord God, that you love them more than they can even understand that you knew them even before creation, Lord God, and that you're here for them. Lord God, I ask that you move away doubt, Lord God. Take doubt, take fear, Lord God, and throw it into the sea of forgetfulness, Lord God, so that they can move forward with their lives, Lord God. Have them to praise and worship you, Lord God, because in the praise and worship, in praise and worship, Lord God, is safety. Lord God, let them know that they are more they are more than their current circumstances. And that you want them to have life and have life more abundantly, Lord God. That all they have to do is lean their eyes upward, Lord God, and look to you. And ask you for deliverance. That you would deliver them from anything and everything that is going on in their life, Lord God. Be it abusive from others or abuse of themselves, Lord God. Any circumstance that is not of you, move it, Lord God, right now. In Jesus' name, move it, Lord God. Allow the Holy Spirit to move in their lives, move in their homes, Lord God, and clear out anything that is not of you, Heavenly Father. Bless them, Lord God. Bless them and help them to understand their worth, Lord God. Help them to understand the love that you have for them. 
Lord God, even though at this point in life, they may not be able to love themselves, Lord God, help him, help them to feel the love that you have for them, Lord God. And Lord God, for those who are finding it difficult to even ask you for help, Lord God. Lord God, we know that your will will be done in all things, Lord God. You are the father, you are the beginner, the end, the finisher, Lord God. And we know that you can lay it on their hearts and put it in their spirits to so move them and compel them, Lord God, to make that first step into looking to you for the help that they need, Lord God. Lord God, put people in their lives, surround them with love, surround them with support. Send your angels, Lord God. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Renee. Greatly appreciate you coming on today and being able to share your story and provide hope, you know, for other people that have also been through some things and that are currently hurting even right now. And if anybody wanted to connect and ask you more questions or even reach out to you, is there anywhere that they can do that at? Sure. And I know you guys are going to say, I'm a, I am, you know, just the old lady, but I'm not, I promise y'all I'm, I'm not an old lady, but I still got a Hotmail account. Um, <laughs> It just works for me. <laughs> no worries, no worries. <laughs> but my email is um, Renee, R-E-N-E-E, the letter D, so Renee D, 28 at hotmail.com. So just email me. Um, I do, you know, my kids laugh at me. I have teenagers and I have one in college. They laugh at me because I, I, I do have, um, what is that, Instagram? Mm-hmm. But um, I don't um, use it that much. So I, I really don't know a whole lot um, about it. Um, <laughs> no worries at all no worries at all we can have them email you for sure <laughs> so, so just um y'all just just email me uh I promise um I will respond I think oh I just pulled it up you know my Instagram okay here we go okay. it is r-e-n-e-e-l-d-a-y 37 that's my Instagram. And I will start to look at it, y'all. I promise I will. <laughs> so if anybody reaches out to me on Instagram, you will not go unanswered. But you can email me as well. And if there's absolutely anything that I can do, provide, answer, um, talk through, discuss, um, just, just please reach out. Um, that's what we're here for. We're, we're all on this, uh, we all on this God created planet for each other. And, um, and I just want to, you know, say that, um, going through what I went through doesn't define me and, and you can't stay stuck right there in that part of that portion of your life. That's just one part, one portion of your life. You can't stay stuck there. 
you have to move past there. And I am grateful to God that he was, that he was able to um, do that for me. And I am grateful that he put in my spirit to allow me to, do, to accept that because there are people who don't accept that. Um, the ones that continue on destructive roads um, of drugs and promiscuity, um, but he moved me past it. And I am so, so very grateful to my God for that. Amen, amen. And he can definitely do that for each and every one of us. And so again, I thank you for coming on and sharing with us today. Everyone reach out. I'm going to put uh, Renee's email as well as her Instagram handle in the show notes so that you can reach out to her directly as well. And we can continue this conversation. So I wish everyone the best today. Please again, reach out. If you need help with those next steps, we'd be more than happy to help you with those. Thank you so much for tuning into today's show. I hope that you feel equipped empowered, and encouraged to just be you authentically and unapologetically. No more merely just existing from day to day. It's time to get your joy back. It's time to remove the mask and uncover the real you. It's time to become who God created you to be and make your dash count. If you're ready to get unstuck and move forward in your God-given purpose, you can start right now. Today is the day. Head over to thejourneyofyou.net forward slash get unstuck. Again, that's thejourneyofyou.net forward slash get, G-E-T, unstuck, U-N-S-T-U-C-K. And begin your journey to just be you, be whole, and be free. Remember, this is your journey. It's where your life begins.